But welcome back to Rock the Culture, Season 2, Episode 8. This is the podcast where we bring you perspective and conversation on all things Little Rock, all things Central Arkansas, all things the culture. I'm your host, Antoine Phillips. Uh, you can find me on IG at Antoine Phillips. And I got my guy, my guy in here getting comfortable. He just unbuttoned the button. <laughs> <laughs> That's all fair stuff, man. Why are you hating? What you doing? Unbuttoning the button. <laughs> Sometimes, man, you gotta get ready. You gotta, you gotta let it out. You I know? ain't real talk. He just so unbuttoned that it's first your button. Favorite representative, always <laughs> repping. <laughs> two takes, three terms. You can find me on Instagram at RepBlake36. Man, this is season two of the pod, so we gotta give a shout out to our season two sponsor, Culturally Connected Communications. Um, big up to them for two reasons, Blake, because last week we had um, Med Week, yeah. and obviously C3 was a big part of that, working with the chamber, putting on a number of events. But then, bro, for the culture, I was watching Insecure last night. Didn't see it. I missed it last night. Oh, uh, you need to catch up, bro. I will. Don't be spoiling it like, like I, you always do. I'm about to spoil a little bit. But <laughs> Issa. Hater, man. Issa was trying to plan an event, and she was having some issues on Lawrence the back, though. I did see that. Lawrence, Lawrence back. back. Why okay. we hate Lawrence so much? I, I like Lawrence. See, our special guest back here, she's checking her head. She, not, <laughs> she is not Team Lawrence. Okay, we might get into that a little bit later. But anyway, on the show, Issa was trying to plan an event for her community, and she was having troubles putting an event on. Okay. And when you think about C3, one of the things they do is event planning. Mm-hmm. So if you're an organization, you're a business, you're a nonprofit, uh, and you're trying to plan an event, especially as it relates to our culture, you need to holler at C3 and let them help you work through those steps of making sure your event is a success mm-hmm. and you don't be struggling out here with the paperwork like Issa was like doing Issa. last night on Insecure. Mm-hmm. But that's C3, so we always got to show them love. I always got to give a uh, shout-out to the Connects. Big ups to Arkansas Times for continuing to give us the platform through Season 2. Um, and, and appreciate them continuing to shout us out on their blog. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're showing much love, and, and we appreciate it. And always a shout-out to our guy, Grant McHugh-Note on the IG. Keys to the City TV Films on YouTube. Uh, we had a meeting last week. We're going to talk about this in a minute. Uh, this, was, was this a secret meeting? No. no. Okay. You was there, bro. I, I know, but we can't be telling about the secret meetings. Well, I, I just said a meeting. Okay. I didn't say who was involved, but part of the meeting okay, I got you. was our ability to take our podcast on the road and be mobile. Absolutely. We got some live events coming up, and we can't do that without our guy, Grammy Q-Note. Another thing that hit us up, I got a, a message from one of our listeners, our culture cohorts, saying, hey, Man, uh, I heard you on one of your shows mention a videographer. Mm-hmm. Who is it? So I can get in contact with him because I need someone to do some video work. So we was able to connect that person with J. Cole Lansing. J. Cole. Because Cole of the work. work the work he's doing with Q-Note and what he has done with the pod. So big up to Q-Note for bringing all the technical producing. Glue guy. He's a glue guy. Out the- here. Rick Fox out here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, get no, get no shine. Aaron but, McKee. But you, but you need him. Classic Bruce you, Bowen. You need him. Three and D. Three and D guy. Hey, he going to get you about seven a game. That's right. But when you need a three in the corner. In the corner. He going to be there. Your boy's in your in your corner. Okay. You gotta, you gotta okay. Know Q, grab a Q, no, a.k.a. Rick Fox. Rick Fox. <laughs> <laughs> On the IG. <laughs> Anyway, he, he man. I think he's pretty too. 
Nah, you know, we, we ain't even gonna get into yeah. all those text messages <laughs> he been sending all week about how he was looking on the photograph. <laughs> we ain't gonna get into that. <laughs> we got we do gotta get into a couple things though before we get into the rundown, Blake. Uh shout out to the uh Arkansas Association of Black Professionals. Yeah, ABP. Uh for their Black Food Truck Festival this weekend. Had a really good time. Great time. It was great crowd. It was hot. You you got to bring a tent next time, man. You you can't be going and we we putting you in charge to go <laughs> set up the area and you don't even bring it. We the only people out there in a tent. Yeah, yeah. This we this a lesson learned for a rock the culture. If we gonna have a booth set up, we need tents because yeah. your boy was out there sweating. I mean, I'm a light skin. Look but at I- you. <laughs> <laughs> he wanna he wanna be Drake. That's what Drake say. That's he wanna Drake be Drake. Said. He light skin, but he's still dark be. skin. <laughs> I do not wanna um, be Drake. But shout out to them for allowing us to have the booth to set up to spread the word about exactly. the Rock the Culture podcast. And the Great merch. Event. Great event. We've been sold out the merch. Completely sold out. We got new stock coming in this so week. So reorder, reorders up. Go. You can check us out on Cash App, Dollar Sign, Rock the Culture. Put your name, size, email address, address in the four line, and we can get you your merch. Absolutely. Uh, then we got, got the hoodies coming. Got the long sleeves. We got the crop tops. We got the, uh, cur- cur- what is it called? What's the day with a shirt? Curved him. Curved him tees. Curved him. We didn't know what those called, but those were the cool kids where we're going to have some of them for you. I got a couple of them because I'm a cool kid, too. That's you- why we didn't know what they was called. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the, the other thing, two other things. One, uh, last week we broke news about the Murphy Arts. Breaking Art- news. Murphy Arts District Music Festival. Got your guy 2 chains going to come down there the week of October 18th, 19th, and 20th. True. Uh, so that's big. We're going to be talking about that more in the coming weeks, but want to make sure everyone's aware of that. And then this Friday. This Friday. This Friday is the Rock the Culture Kickback at Empire. The Black River Market. In the Black River Market down there on Ash Avenue. You can come kick it with uh, with your guys. One Take Twan, Three Turn Blake, Grammy Q No, a.k.a. Rick Fox, <laughs> a.k.a. 3 and D. <laughs> hey, he may be trying to use that for something else. <laughs> family friendly. Family friendly. <laughs> hey, but this Friday, come come hang out with us. Uh, Empire's a great spot. It's chill. You can have drinks. You can listen to music. You can do the hookah, dominoes, spade. Just come hang, have a good time and kick it with your guys from Rock the Culture this Friday night, September 21st exactly. at Empire. Uh, the rundown, bro. Got to get into the news this week. I'm ready. And uh, we're going to talk about three things. Uh, one, a new initiative from the city of Little Rock to give jobs to homeless people. Yeah. One yeah. thing we talked about a few episodes ago with Mandy Davis, talked about her work at Jericho's Way and how, how what the city is doing trying to help out our homeless population. Second thing, man, these school districts all across the state, man, to keep, keep being in our news feed as it relates to uh, the Pine Bluff School District the State Board of Education decided to take it over. Mm-hmm. Talk about that a little bit. And then highlight some of the stories from last week with Marquita Little as it relates to Medicaid uh, expansion and, and the work. So let's let's first, Blake, start with the homeless. Uh, the story about the Little Rock trying to give a, a program to give homeless folks jobs. Uh, apparently last week, our city manager, Bruce Moore, and one of our city directors, Kathy Webb, uh, met with Alan... And I ain't going to, I'm going to call him Alan A. From New Mexico. Yeah, from New Mexico. From got Albuquerque. A, yeah, he got a name that I ain't going to even try to mess up. Like your boy Brandon S. Stifler. <laughs> <laughs> but Alan A. came here from New Mexico and said that they have established a program uh-huh. where uh, they give day work to homeless population. 
and it's nine dollars an hour. And basically, so it's talk, like, what's what's day work? Day work is where you come, you work for a single day, you get okay. paid cash for that day. There are a few day laborer centers around the city. Real talk, uh, hashtag one take thoughts. Your boy been a day laborer before. Yeah. Like before the law school, before the. So you just pay under the table? No, nah, they pay you cash. They it's legit. Cash. It's legit, bro. They take taxes out. I don't know. That ain't my job. To, the <laughs> well, if the city doing it, the city said they're going to pay people that's in true. cash. I'm, you pay your barber in cash, and it's not. Right, and that's on. That, for service. I got right, you, I got yeah, you. so same thing. Uh, you but, know, I, that's interesting. Before you get into it, I okay. was in, in D.C. last couple of uh, winters, actually. And that's one thing I noticed is that they got jobs. They pay people for everything in D.C. Okay. Uh, picking up litter. Uh, crosswalks, you know, have have people out there, and it's and it says you 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 are an employee for the metropolitan city of uh, District of Columbia, right? And that's that's kind of like the ambassadors that we have on Main Street. Yep. But they're they're doing everything. And I, and I thought you know that would be a wonderful way to get people employed, as well as positively use our our tax dollars going forward to make sure some of the, the things we talked about last last week with with uh, Marquita, right. talking about work requirements and you know. We we should be providing more jobs to have people if we want to require people to to report about work working. The the first half of that is making sure they got enough jobs <laughs> to be working. You can't have a work requirement unless and you not, got work. Exactly, absolutely. Uh, and and that's exactly what the city is planning on doing with this program. Is exactly what you mentioned. Uh, three term is uh, city beautification, garbage rem- removal, picking up litter. It's nine dollars an hour, and uh, apparently how they do it, they just ride around where homeless people hang out at. Or tend to spend their time. To frequent. Say, they frequent and say, hey, would you like to make some money today? If they say yes, and then they go and they show you what they, and they put you to work. And you make the city look better. It's not a big cost to the city. And these people get money. Exactly. And some of the times they need money to go to certain, some of these day centers to spend the night. And that's, and costs that's, money. And that's part of what they talked about, too. It's right. not, not only going to pick them up for working, but figuring out what other services they need. If it's mental health services, right. if it's if it's uh opportunity for, for them to go to the day clinics, to uh dental clinics, you know, uh there are there are providers out here, uh Canvas, uh Jericho Way, who are looking for people to um frequent their, their locations for for services. So I think that's a great tie in of not only paying them, but making sure they get the help that, that's needed as well. Right, and apparently, according to this article that was in the Arkansas Dem Gas, Blake, um, back in 2017, a study was done, and there are over 990, they were recorded to have an estimated 990 folks that are homeless in the city of Little Rock. Uh, that's a lot of people, and this is a lot of opportunity. According to city manager Bruce Moore, is only going to add between fifty and $60,000 to the city budget. That's not bad at all. That's not bad at all. You get people to make the city look better. You get people off the streets and give them opportunity. That's a great idea. One thing we always say, Blake, we're not here always to be criticizing or critiquing what the city Critical does. The city, yeah. This is a thing that they're doing right. and uh, Good looks. Yeah, big right. ups to them for that. Uh, the next story, Blake, going to spend a little t- more time on this one is about the state board, man, and taking over another school district. Have you have you have you noticed that there's a common denominator? You talking about everybody black? Every, every school <laughs> district is is in a, a a majority black district uh, with black leadership, uh, probably uh, minority heavy boards. Um, Earl Pine Bluff, Dollaway, Little Rock, Pulaski County just got out. Right. You know, you, you're talking about. Our our hubs, Palm Bluff and Little Rock, are the hubs of African American people in the state of Arkansas. 
So I mean, I guess you you know Delta region too got a lot of black folks. Yeah, but it's 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 more fragmented. It's, yeah, it's that's more true. More segmented now. Yeah. you know you want to go to to the bigger cities. Right. You know, Fort Smith is what the second or third largest city. I they, think it's the second a, largest city. Second largest city with, with a high African American, but you're talking about concentrated concentrated area. You talk you're talking about Central Arkansas, uh, Little Rock, and and Palm Bluff. Right. And a little background on the story. So last week the state board. Uh, they met, and apparently the Pine Bluff School District came before the board based on fiscal distress issues. The state board voted unanimously to take over the Pine Bluff School District because of fiscal distress issues. Uh And what that means is, well, let me back up. Under the law, the state board had the authority to do what they did. Take take them over for at least five years. Right. They have the authority to do that. Um, They're not required to do it. And they're not required to do it in the manner that they did, which is to get rid of the board and the superintendent. You can take over a district and keep everyone in place and, and kind of control question, how they operate. Question. Now, tell me if I'm wrong. Did the board put them in fiscal distress or did they just take over their, their board and their superintendent? Because they have that. That's an option to not put them in physical distress, but take over the board and district. I think that's what happened in Palm Bluff. Right. I think that's correct. I don't think there was a actual determination that they were in physical distress. Okay. okay. But they're saying that all the signs were pointing to it. For example, in this Arkansas uh, Dem Gas article, I think they mentioned that uh, if things kept going the way that they are, that the Palm Bluff district would be $2 million in the red uh, this time. By, by the end of the year, right? By, by, the, yeah, by, the, by the end of the school, school year. year. Yeah. Uh, so that w- apparently that was enough for them to say, hey, there's some fiscal issues going on here that need to be rectified. Part of that, though, is, I mean, I try to always break things down to the lowest common denominator. In this article, part of that is because they got aging infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Sound like Little Rock Sounds School District. Sounds a lot like Little Rock, yeah. It's because they losing student enrollment. Sounds a lot like Little Rock. Sounds like, like the Little Rock School District. And to break it down even further, just imagine you at your house and you got your own set of expenses. Yeah. And you got your own income coming in. Okay. And then, for some reason, your job said, "Hey, we about to you're gonna make less money next year." Okay. Your bills don't change. No, your bills stay the same. You got less money with the same amount of bills, mm-hmm. and that's essentially in a very simplified version of what's going on here in the Pine yeah. Bluff School District. They got the same amount of bills. They but got less money, less coming in, and less coming in. And that's, and now and that's, that's something we talked about last week as well. Was that last week where we talked about uh, for every for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction? What's that called? Come on, Grinnell. That, Central High. Is that news third law? There you go. Look, what's up? Boy, Central don't, High. Don't try to okay. do me, bro. Don't try to do me. Somebody uh, fact check, make sure that is a third law and not the second law. It's definitely third. <laughs> it's definitely third. Uh, <laughs> but, again, it's not all because of charter schools. But, again, a high concentration of charter schools is also in Palm Bluff. Right. And that's and that's and when you talk about losing students to districts that have been the – the mass population of students in that area, mass population of students in that area, then it's, it's what you just said. We're going to have less resources to work with because our per-people funding is going down. Uh, we still have the same amount of buildings. We still have the same amount of teachers. you got to pay these teachers. We, we still got to pay keep them. the lights on. And, and when you talk about losing students, then you talk about, oh, facilities. Let us, what about facilities repurposing? They're having the same conversation. What about the older aging facilities? They're having that same right. conversation as Little Rock is having. So there is there is a, a domino effect, and it's actually more of a snowball effect because it starts small, but then it starts affecting everything. Right. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And what's going to happen, and what, what the fear of people in Palm Bluff, because I've, I've talked to some, is that 
It's going to be one one school district in Palm Bluff. It's going to be Dollarway, Palm Bluff, Washington Chapel will be all one district. Consolidated at Consolidated some point. Consolidated school district. The same, the same fear that's happening here here in Little Rock. And I don't know if that that is a fear. I'm I'm not I'm not um, privy to all the information and history of uh, Palm Bluff School District and why that should be a fear, but that is a concern. Right, and <clears throat> what it gets at obviously is kind of is an ominous foreshadowing of what's going on in Little Rock School District as as we go through this facility planning stage about these same issues. Yeah, we're losing two thousand students over the course of two years. Same exact issues, and now um, what? It what? Even a bigger issue to me, Blake. I mean, we we said this a few times on the pod. I mean, that's a foundation of democracy that you elect people to represent you. Exactly. And again, the state board saying that this is in the best interest of the students. I get that. Are, are saying that we don't believe the way the democracy has worked, so we're getting rid of the, the people, people who've the been people elected. Pie Bluff didn't know what they was doing when they elected y'all. Right, basically. That's that's exactly what they say. And that you don't know what you're doing. And you don't know what you're doing. They don't know what you're doing. We know better. Matter of fact, we got y'all best interests at heart. Right. And now you got, and then when things like this happen, just like it happened in Little Rock, yeah. you had a division about the whether the uh, state should take over the school district. Now in Pine Bluff, there was people quoted in this article saying, hey, we don't have faith in our leadership. Uh, you said driving Pamela forward. No, nah, go go forward, Pamela. Go forward, Pamela. Said they didn't have uh, confidence in their leadership. That's like their business business leaders of the right. Some of the business right. Leaders. And there's a strategic planning initiative down in Pine Bluff to say we're going to revitalize Pine Bluff. Here are the things that we're going to do. Here are the people that's going to help. And that go forward, Pine Bluff was the name of that initiative. Sounds familiar. And what it is now, bro. You know what Jay Z said. What did he say, Twan? He said. Nobody wins when the family feuds. Mm. We all screwed because we never had the tools. Mm. So what's happening, Pine Bluff, now you got the family feuding yeah. about who should and should not be representing or how the district shouldn't be run, and now we're screwed. Yeah. And that's what happened in Little Rock. We had the family feuding a few years ago about how the district should or should not be ran, and now we're screwed because now we're in all these problems as it relates to our Little Rock School District. Absolutely. So we need more cohesion. We need more leadership, more belief in in democracy, I'm yeah. getting, I'm getting all, I'm taking it back 1776. Democracy, like, democracy. If, if we gonna vote people in, you gotta deal with it. I mean, I'm not a fan of President Trump, but you can't You're just say, you just can't say we ain't having a president no more. No. Like you still need somebody. You know what? We gonna, we gonna take over your presidency. Yeah, and then we just done with the presidency. Yeah, that's we, not how it works. I, I, I think that's actually called a coup. <laughs> yeah, we don't do, we don't do that. That's not democratic. We don't do that. Exactly. We don't do that in America. Uh, but I, we want to highlight what's going on in Pine Bluff because I know it's people in Little Rock who have said that what's going on in Little Rock could lead us down this same type of road. Yeah. And and the breadcrumbs that are, are starting to get bigger. And, and vu. we need to pay attention to what's going on in Pine Bluff so we know what's going on here in Little Rock. Uh, the last story, Blake. Uh, man, what you 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 say it every you said just about every week, man. You say we we stay relevant. We stay relevant. So last week, Every week, we had expert healthcare policy director Marquita Little. Newman. Newman. Man, you better respect that, man. <laughs> you didn't even let me finish, bro. <laughs> My bad, bro. It's a space in Monero. So I was oh, pa- that, that was a space pause. That was pause. a dramatic pause. There you go. <laughs> let everybody uh, know about her nuptials. <laughs> um, she was here last week talking about the Medicaid work requirement, did a great job yeah, she of did. explaining you know, how we started with Obamacare, Medicaid expansion, to where we are. With you got this. so many compliments on, on, on that pod. She, did, a, she, she did, did an excellent job. She did an excellent job. And shortly after we dropped the pod, 
Governor Hutchinson has a press conference. You, you, you think he'd be listening? You know, I bet he got some folks listening, he bro. He is one of my constituents, so he may be listening. Do he ever call you and say, hey, Blake? He does call me. And say, what's up with my sidewalk? He don't say that, <laughs> but he calls me. What do you say when he calls you? You, you can't tell him? secret conversation. Oh. <laughs> okay, okay. That's because, the um, for y'all that don't, don't know, the governor's mansion is located within legislative district, yeah. District 36, so technically you are his representative. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he had the press conference shortly after released the pod last week, and basically he's saying, yeah, this ain't, the way it's worked out ain't really what I was planning on. But it's still working out pretty good. Yeah, yeah. That's, what he, that's basically what he said. He said, you know, this is supposed to encourage people to work, not get people kicked out the voter, I mean, not voter, uh, the Medicaid role, and essentially what has happened, and Marquita did a great job of explaining this, he said, that it wasn't meant to be punitive. It's supposed to encourage people to get involved with work, but there's not really work training going on with this. Uh, he gave a few, he highlighted a few different stories of people who have obtained jobs yeah. to say, hey, this thing can work because I got a few. I'm sure we'll be, we'll be hearing those stories for the next three years. Yeah, a few anecdotes where somebody who wasn't working found a job paying $17 an hour. But what about these 4,353 people he had a quote in there too that 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 lost coverage because they couldn't report correctly. Uh, then I think you said there was another. It was a quote in there. He he said about the people who some people got out because they moved the state, uh, moved out of state. Some people got out because, um, and then he said some people got out because they just don't want to join the workforce. Right, right. There it is, right there. Yeah, I think, and he says they simply don't. This is Governor Hutchison. Some people uh, lost coverage simply. Because they simply don't want to be a part of the workforce. And then he continued to say, I think that would be the common sense judgment of the people of Arkansas that we should not continue to pay that cost related to providing coverage to these people that he has deemed who don't want to be a part of the workforce. I mean, I don't know how he made uh, that what's determination. The, yeah, what's, what's the what's what's the, the 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 quantitative figures? What's the metrics for, for you to gauge if people want to join the workforce or not? If they didn't open their mail, if they don't have the internet, right? If they, if they don't have broadband. I mean, if what, the internet what, wasn't working, they talk about this. If, if your website broke, right. I mean, your website broke, bro. And now you're gonna say I don't want to be a part. I don't want to be a part because I can't. You know, right? I mean, you gave me the wrong cell phone number. I'm and, trying to take you out. And then you, you gave me the wrong number. That sounds like a that, that personal issue. <laughs> Blake Blake recounting that time that he tried to get the number he and, called and she, and she gave me the weather channel. Like, what what is that? Today's weather. You okay, bro? Uh, I'm I'm getting, it, I'm getting over it. That was that was back at Thrasher. You remember that Thrasher? You give everybody the same number. No, number you I was at Thrasher. I that didn't happen to me. Mm. That's, but you know, you you ain't me, so that's cool. That's true. <laughs> Thank the Lord. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to the story. So. Two, two other things I want to highlight about this. Uh, according to this article, there are 60,000 en- enrollees who are subject to this work reporting requirement, as Ms. Marquita Little Newman told us. 16,000 of them. Say that one more time. Out of the 260,000 people, it's only 60,000 who has the work requ- requirement, right? The work reporting requirement. Work reporting requirement. Because there are exceptions and different people who do not apply to the work okay, reporting 60, requirement. Okay, 60,000. I'm writing that down. Yes, I'm, I'm going to do my math. Go 60, ahead. 60,000. Of those 60,000 folks, 16,357 failed to comply. 
And what's going to happen, and we talked about this last week with Miss Mark. Like, that's like almost 30%. Man. That's almost 30%. So four, we just mentioned that over 4,000 people have failed to meet the requirement. And then there's estimated. Another what? Another five. 5,500 or something, 5,600. Let's get the, let's make sure we give people the right information because people are going to be calling us uh, if, if we don't get it right. You got a whole bunch of stuff highlighted over there. Bro, I do. I took a lot of good notes on this article, bro. It should be right around. Go to the next page. I think it's about 5,500, 5, man. It is about 5,500. Oh, here we go. Uh, additional 5,776 beneficiaries are expected to go lose coverage at the end of September, beginning of October. So That's now crazy. you're talking 4,000 already, another, another five. Ni- another 9,000 of the 60,000 that are. And only only how many have been asked to require so far? Like 30,000? No, 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 no. Where you get 30,000 from? It's, it's in there. Bro, no. Where you see 30,000? Blake, Blake making... No, nah, he about to correct me. Because he, he like proving me wrong. Anyway, the point he is... wrong all the time. The point is that there are nine, uh, approximately 9,000 people who are going to leave their Medicaid... Who are going to lose their Medicaid coverage because they did not report correct? I'm not looking at your where your finger pointed because you're not about to prove me wrong. I'm so not paying attention. The, the, those who <laughs> lost coverage on September 1st were among the first 26,000. Right. So they only had 26,000 that were that were required to report, and 4,000 of those. So I think they rolled it out like 11,000 at a time. Right. So that'll be 37, 38,000 next month. You're talking about 9,000 people. That's that's right at thirty percent right. of everybody who's reported the choir. Right. So if 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 you want to kick sixty thousand people off of off of Medicaid, then this is this is the way to do it. And, and it's working. And to highlight that, obviously Blake and I, well Blake is a legislator. I'm not an expert on these issues, but what this article tells me, one is that we need to uh, go back and listen to what Marquita told us last week. Yes, listen to Marquita. Pay, pay, pay attention to that pie. And we need to have more education about people who are on Medicaid to make sure they understand how to report Who's correctly. Who's supposed to require, uh, how to report. I think they said they only did like the 30 to 40-year-old range. And they're going to start Correct. next year rolling right. the 19 to 30-year-old range. So, um, yeah, no. Know, know who's re- who, open your mail. Know if you're required to require. Uh, know, know if you're required to report. Correct. And go in and uh, if you don't got internet, call them. And make them do it for you. Right. Because there are people out here that mention an article. There are organizations and folks out here that will help you do that. Again, this re- this reporting requirement is just another burden to try to lower how many people are receiving coverage. Yeah. And I think the governor kind of hinted at this. He said we shouldn't have to pay for that. So he's kind of insinuating that, look, we ain't really trying to I pay got for other your- stuff I want to pay for. Right. Like, like a, a high Ta- uh, tax cut for right. those high net worth individuals. Right. I'm really trying to save some money, I'm so if y'all don't to... report, that's cool with us. I mean, y'all poor folks, you know, we kick y'all if we say about three thirty mil, start sending it somewhere else. Right, right. That's, don't get true. Don't get tricked by the okie doke. So we got to be, we got to be vigilant and be aware of, of what's going on with that. Uh, so that's this week's news, and now we got a special guest. Wanted to have Miss Lydia Page on the pod because. I've been interested in your movement and everything you're doing, and I want to be educated. I know our culture cohorts want to be educated about all the different things you got going on. And you also have your own podcast. I hope you weren't over there, like, critiquing us and taking notes on your phone, like, yeah, they messed this up. No, no, oh, no. Okay. Y'all doing a good job. Uh, you know, I'm normally the one asking the question. So to be on this side and mm. to be answering, I'm kind of like, mm, mm. okay, okay, okay. So you got, so you got any... Go on, give go on, give two term. I mean, two take, three term. Blake, some advice. Blake, what? I'll take it. 
your commentary is good. <laughs> but you let him have the show. Oh, see, I don't know if you, I don't know if that's the kind of couple, that ain't what I want you to say. <laughs> Never mind, we moving on. We gonna move on. No, I'll just mess with you. Okay. Uh, uh, so let's let's get right into it. Let's get a little background, because I understand you not a Little Rock native. Is that correct? I mean, I basically am. I came to Little Rock when I was about seven years old. Okay, but so you grew up in the city. Yeah, yeah. I thought you, I thought you. Were I was from- born in Boston. Oh, okay, okay. So you know, I, so I let that be known. I was born in Boston. But, I mean, I've been in Little Rock so long, I, it's safe to say this is my home. Okay, what part of Boston? Because I know the Bean a little bit. It's like a small little town, maybe like 30 minutes outside. It's called Fishburg. I know Fishburg. You don't know Fishburg. I do, for real. I went to school in Maine. Maine. So okay. I used to be down there what? a lot. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. That's what okay, I wanted to know. Okay, okay, I know all about the Bean, Acton, Boxborough, Wesley. Yeah. I know I know. New edition. Yeah, new edition. They mm-hmm. from they from Boston. Roxbury, right? Roxbury. Yeah. You watched that Bobby Brown store? Not yet. That's pretty good. <laughs> look, like Bobby Brown. <laughs> I'm hot in here now. Are you sweating? You sweating a little yeah, bit? Yeah, hey, I'm sweating. <laughs> Why are you, are you nervous? No, I don't got nerves. Blake was trying to call me out saying my facts was wrong, and I don't like people telling heated. me I'm wrong. I get <laughs> I literally get heated when people tell me I'm wrong. So I'm okay though. I'm okay. Anyway, <laughs> let's, okay. let's move on. So you come to Little Rock. You've been here for a while. Mm-hmm. I understand you, uh, uh, where did you go to high school? Little Rock Central High School. See? Ah! Don't be, don't be getting too crunk, because next week we're going to have McClellan on the show. Little Rock International Studies High School. There you go. That's where Little Rock is. See, I, if I would have known that, I would have, we would have had different guests, because we can't, because no, he too, mm-mm. he too excited you about this. can't get away from us, dude. You cannot We're everywhere. Yeah. I mean, okay. we're basically taking over, so yes. just prepare yourself. I already took over. We just letting them have a little piece. Mm-hmm. Now that's why I, that's why I started sweating because my my insides knew that it was gonna be too much central here, and I knew I wasn't gonna be able to handle it. Anyway, so you go to Central. Understand that. Uh, what did you do after Central? I went to the University of Arkansas at Little Rock. And put some respect on our name because uh, Representative Blake used to call it. He still call it Euler. Euler. But, yeah, they changed the name. The right. kids call it something different now. Yeah, you, UA Little Rock you, is you what they Little call Rock it. Or Little Rock Our School. What's the Something I don't know. School. Don't be hating. Okay, so alone. so you we we both alum. So you go to uh, Little Rock. What did you major in at UA Little Rock? Um, business administration. Business administration. So when, <laughs> dude, I'm so hot in here. Like for real. <laughs> Q, can you help a brother out? Why is I'm so hot, bro? Y'all don't have like a paper towel for him bro. to just yeah, like pat going, it down. Pat, pat me down. Or a church fan. He needs a church right. fan. Man, bro, this this part is getting crazy. Anyway. So you major in business administration. I understand now that you're doing a little bit of everything. Yeah. So, and that was everything. That was my Southwest Little Rock coming out. In case you okay, I'm from Southwest. Um, so tell me what what started this entrepreneurial spirit? Was it at Eula? Was it some before then? Before we get into everything you do, I want to know about the spirit of what you do. How did you get to the point where you're motivated? To say I I want to do things myself. Um, well, it was actually a series of events. I think it started. Um, as a child, my father actually had his own business. He had a car dealership. And so I watched up, I grew up watching him, you know, provide for the family um, and just the freedom that it afforded him. And I also watched him lose that business. Um, And so that was a real pivotal point for me because I knew once my family lost everything, I was going to do whatever it took to make sure I was never in that situation again. And so that's like the moment I knew I had changed. And I was like eight years old. And I vividly remember that moment. Um... And so after that, you know, I went through high school. I worked two jobs all through high school. So I always had a really good work ethic. Like Where did I, you work in high school? Let's see. I worked at um, this place called The Wonder Place. 
It's I, um, by Breckenridge. I know the Wonder Place. And then I worked over here at Gasano's. I worked there like through college as a hostess. And... Y'all know Gasano's? Come on, the pizza place. No, right I know. I'm trying to say, I kind of used to be at Gasano's. Y'all looking like, like, where is no, that? No, no, because I'm thinking next like. Next door. No, nah, I'm thinking like, I used to be there a lot. Yeah, I, back I, in, like, I don't remember. I mean, I was there. Okay, okay, we believe <laughs> But the Wonder Place, Gasano, so yeah. you, you you building yourself up even in high school and in college. Yeah, like going to school, working two jobs. Right. Um, and then when I was in college, I was working for a real estate developer. Um, and that was really good, but I found myself not excited to get up in the morning. Um, oh, and something that you might not know is I went to school online during undergrad because I didn't believe in sitting in the classroom. Really? I'm very proactive. You know, I... Mm-mm. Sitting there and getting instruction, sometimes, yes, it felt like a waste of time. And Did so, you, so you went online all four years? Um, No, my freshman year, I was in the classroom. Okay. But sophomore, junior, senior year, I was online. So, so economics, that, calculus, all of that, I had to teach myself. So does that free, does that make, one, well, let's talk about that. Does that make college a more difficult experience, do you think, no, or no? No, it made it way easier. Why is that? Um, Because it's just read the material, do the homework, you know, and I got to kind of get rid of all the other mess associated with college. But I still had a good time. Like, I had a good experience. Okay. But, yeah, it definitely made it easier for me. But then that, that must free up time for you, too, Absolutely, right? Absolutely, yes. Like, okay. every time I wasn't spending sitting at a desk, I could spend figuring out how to make some money. Right. right. Or figuring out how to build my dreams or planning or working on myself, reading a book. Like, there was so much that I could do with that time. And that was really important to me. And that's really what made me want to be an entrepreneur because I knew I wanted to have my time. Like, when I was working um, for the real estate developer and I was getting up every morning at 8 o'clock, like, I was finding myself being late to work. Because I just wasn't excited in the morning. Right. Like I had, I didn't feel like I was fulfilling my purpose sitting at that desk answering that phone and filling out those leasing applications. So you 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 figure that out. You go through college online. You get your degree. Then yeah. what? So right after I graduated college, I was really feeling like, okay, I have the same job that I've had for the past two or three years. And I knew I needed a change, but I was really comfortable there. Like, I had a nice little salary. Right. And so maybe about six months after graduation from college, I was laid off. And I knew at that very moment that was God pushing me because I was so comfortable in my job. And I was daydreaming about fulfilling my dreams and having my own business, but I wasn't moving on it. And right. so, so he went just... ahead and took that job out from under me. And said, stop dreaming, get yes. to work. Yes, absolutely. And so when I was laid off, there was not one second of doubt of why it happened. I knew exactly why it happened, and I didn't look for another job. I didn't try to um, get on unemployment or anything like that. I just, boom, started working towards my businesses. Um, and Yeah. Okay, so let's, that's that's a great story, because some people will take it as laid off. They start feeling bad about themselves and say, okay, why no. me? But that's, that's not the track. Mm-mm. And obviously, if you weren't self-motivated like you are, you wouldn't be where you are. And you mentioned businesses, plural. Plural. Okay, so let's talk about those businesses. Uh, one of which is Seventh and Company. Yes, Seventh and Company. It's an online contemporary women's boutique. We serve in looks from brunch to the boardroom. And I say that so that when women are coming to our store, they have an idea of what you're going to get. Like if you're looking for a little club dress, that might not be us. You know, but if you're looking for a classy, conservative, but fashion forward look, then we have what you're looking for. And so what, what made you, and let's back it back a little bit. So why Seventh and Company? Why? Why did you say, I want to be in the business of providing a boutique for women's clothing? Okay, well, let's be clear. Every business that I have is a business model that can be automated. Okay. So before I start anything, I make sure that it is something that does not require Lydia to be doing something in order for it to work. 
That okay. So okay. So let's just start there. So with Seventh and Company, I was doing a little bit of modeling in college, um, and I was like dressing myself and working with other boutique owners, and I was like, you know what? I really, really like this. I was happy when I was putting the pieces together. Like it just brought me some fulfillment. And so that's when I decided, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to start um, this boutique. But that was maybe like the third business. It wasn't the first thing that I decided to do. Okay, well, I, I'll skip forward. So what was the first <laughs> one then? Um, so the first business is a Medicare provider, um, home health care provider. It's Holistic Home Health Care, www.3h.care. 3h.care. Um, 3h.care, yes. Holistic Home Health Care. Um, and right now we're serving Little Rock in Central Arkansas. Um, and what type of health care services are being provided? So the Medicaid waiver that we have is AR Choices, which is essentially community-based um, care as opposed to institutional care. So if you have loved ones that you don't want to send to a nursing home, you want to keep them in their right. home and still get the care that they need, we help you. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times the people that are taking care, the caregiver is a family member, right? So you already have someone in the house that can't work. So you're missing an income there. And then you have that family member that most likely quit their job to stay home and take care of that person. So now you have two people That's in the household a, a that can't double, contribute. Double negative right. and yeah, loss so, of income. Absolutely. So we get to come in and compensate that caregiver for their time, but also make sure that um, whoever is needing care is getting it. If they don't have that family member, we can provide them with an aid. Oh, so keep, you do have aid. And keep them in their home, yes. And I guess, and I did a little bit of that work too in my legal life. Um, and I understand there's like shifts you can do, right? You can get Absolutely. an eight-hour or a 24-hour person, mm -hmm. just yeah. depending on what their income and what their needs yeah, are, Yeah, it right? just depends on how much um, care the client actually needs. Okay. And how long has uh, 3H been up and running? Um, two years now. Okay. Um, and we were talking a little bit about the Medicare, Medicaid, all things that we were just talking about with Governor Hutchison and Arkansas Works. Does that impact you at all? Or uh, you have the waiver or not really? So, yes, it does somewhat impact us, all the changes that they're making with DHS. Um, the Arkansas waiver is actually connected um, to the disability. So all of those people that are like quadriplegics right. and things like that. So. Everything, all the laws that they make for them also affect us. And right now, they've put a hold on Medicaid since, uh, I want to say, October of last year. So there are a lot of people um, that are on the list to get Medicaid that have not received it. And there's also people that are already on Medicaid that aren't um, receiving reassessment to get an increased number of hours. And the lawsuit came about because when they combined the two programs, everyone's hours got cut. So you have people that can't feed themselves, can't go to the bathroom, can't bathe, and they only have a caregiver with them for maybe eight hours a day when they require around-the-clock care. Right, right. And, and that's what brought that lawsuit mm -hmm. to light. Well, that, that's interesting. I think we forgot to mention that during our perspective and conversation section, section is that Arkansas is the first state to actually implement this work reporting requirement for Medicaid in the country. Uh, other states have tried, but there have been lawsuits, and now there are lawyers here in Arkansas who are representing some of the enrollees in Medicaid on a kind of national multi-district litigation lawsuit that's before the same judge who shot down the one in Kentucky. So people are optimistic that there may be some relief to the Medicaid enrollees, but it's still in litigation, and you know how that goes. It just got to play itself out. Mm -hmm. out. So we talked about H3. We talked about 7. 3H. 3H. 3H.care. Yeah. 3H. Care. <laughs> Did I say that correctly? You said H3. Okay, my bad. My I mean, bad. it's creative. That's just not the list. Okay. 
But it, but it's, it was three H's though. Yeah, it's holistic home healthcare. So it is three H's. Then you can stop trying but to you were saying H three, like no, it's not a rap name. It's three H dot care. Well, I appreciate you correcting me because you know I'm good with nicknames though. So I could give I could give nicknames on the spot. Um, but I we, we can, can you give me a nickname? I have always wanted a nickname, but Lydia is like so sure and don't give me nothing crazy. Why are you pointing at me like that? <laughs> no, I, I, people can't see I you, but your finger just went up and you pointed at me all serious. You look like you were up to something. <laughs> okay, well, I'll wait. I'll wait. We'll do it off air and then we'll let you, you can tell us if you approve. Okay, that's fine. Okay, so uh, you got your home health care company, seventh company. What's the, you said you have, there is a, another business before seven and company, correct? Yeah. Um, so we handle, um, insurance contracts whenever there's a, a surplus or an overflow. So typically right now it's storm season. Um, and there is an overflow right now, you know, everything going on in North Carolina. So whenever there's an overflow, um, we're like a third party contractor that handles, um, all of those overflows of claims for the insurance company. Who is we? Oh, my team. I have a team of six. What's the name of that, that, that business? L&D Adjusting. Ellen D just you doing every, I knew you were doing a lot. You really so doing those a lot. two offline businesses were up, running, and profitable before I ever started anything online. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of people think you know you can start an online business and boom, you know you're making money overnight. And it's like no, that doesn't work like that. But these systems that I have in place, one, I'm getting funding from either Medicaid or I'm getting funding from insurance companies. And let's be clear, that requires zero marketing to a customer. Right. So there was no if, ands, or buts if I was going to get paid. So when I started my e-commerce stores, I knew like my bills were good. Right. And I had time to build those brands and invest in those businesses without worrying about, you know, taking care of myself and my family. And that's where I want to kind of take the conversation that you talk about brand building and we see your presence online on especially on IG. Kind of walk us through that process on building those brands and making sure <laughs> without scratching. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> That's, that's me. Y'all y'all on me today. It's okay. It's okay. Y'all, why y'all on me today? They are coming for you, but it's okay. <laughs> Go ahead, man. I did this right here, building brands. It was, you could hear it. It was yeah, like, y'all. Like a little Q, table. Q, bruh, help a brother out, Q. <laughs> help a brother out. Anyway, how do you build, t- talk about the brand building Okay, process. so the two e-commerce stores that I have online are 7th and Company, which is the Young Contemporary Women's Clothing Store, and I yeah. have Love Yours. Um, which is a quarterly sub- self-care subscription box for women. So those two online brands actually launched around the same time, but that wasn't planned. Um, but in building those online brands, one, you have to be clear on what you're offering um, your ideal customer. And that was the first thing that I had to sit down and do. Um, I actually have a co-founder for the subscription box, Mia Banks. She's a radio personality, mm-hmm. voiceover talent. Hey, right. Mia girl. Um, so we had to sit down and get really clear. The bank's open. Isn't that her thing? What's bank called? statement. The bank statement. Every Friday. Yeah, the bank statement. Yes, absolutely. I, what's up, Mia? Yes. So we had to sit down and get really clear on what we were offering. Um, of course, build out our business model, um, create those relationships with the vendors, and create a community around the product. So, um, and you and Mia, that's... Yes, that's like our baby together. Okay. We got a kid. Okay, there ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't Absolutely. no judgment. No judgment. It's 2018. So you you build this brand. How how do you know, when do you know that the brand is taking off? Talk about that process. How do you know when people are really accepting and, and enjoying what y'all are doing? So the there's a couple ways that you can measure... Um, I guess the lifeline of your brand, but the number one way to know how it's performing is to just look on your engagement and how people are reacting to your brand, right? Like if you're you talking about your social media engagements, right? Well, yeah. I mean, even your product, because like okay. when I send out my product, I get a review back, 
right? And that's that's like my number one way of communicating with my customer. What did you think about that product, right? So that's them engaging. That's them spending their money with mm-hmm. me. That's them right. really engaging with my business, like when they hitting that buy button. So those are my number one, like, people that I look at are the people that are actually buying and getting their feedback and letting us know what they want to see in the box, how they felt about the packaging, how they felt about the delivery, just everything about that. And then when you transfer that online and you have your potential customers, you look at the content that you're putting out and how they're reacting to it. Um, oh, I love this product. Oh, can you carry this brand? Oh, you know, we've actually had some people ask us, can we be monthly as opposed to quarterly? So you just have to keep your ear to that social media and see what your customer wants. But engagement is the number way to do that. And if you have like Instagram or Facebook, um, if you have a business profile, it will show you all of that. It'll show you the time of day that they're on there, um, the type of content they like. Do they like memes? Do they like videos? Do they like pictures like with people's faces or pictures of products? All of that stuff is on there. So it's your job to get in there and look at that research and look at that data that they collected for you and then build based off of that. Uh, I, I listened to a podcast called Jalen and Jacoby, and one thing Jalen always talk about on his show is that you got to give the people what they want. Absolutely. And your engagement tools is understanding what the people want to be able to give them what, what they want. So obviously you got to – did I miss any of your businesses? I feel like I'm doing deposition now. So like anything else? I have a, I have another brand that okay. is more of like a Lydia brand as opposed to a quote-unquote business model. Um, and it is Boss Up, babe. And it's complimenting to the Boss Up podcast. You can find it on iTunes. Um, I was going to shout out the podcast. I mean, I was waiting for y'all. Now, to I was going to get like, there. Yeah. Come gonna, on, podcast. I, 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 you can't bring somebody on your podcast well, without talking about, well, that, talking about their right. podcast. Yes, um, Boss Up Babe, we're on iTunes. We're on Google Play. We're on Stitcher. Um, and so Boss Up Babe is the complimentary group to that podcast. So it's the listeners. Um, we have a Monday morning text that goes out every day to just keep you fresh um, and motivated. And we have a Facebook accountability group where you can come in and ask those questions. Um, and so the Boss Up podcast interviews female entrepreneurs and lets them tell their stories of success and struggle because oftentimes, and you guys know, when people are, are having success and they're getting that traction, they always want to show the good stuff and never the bad. And then you have people sitting at home wondering, like, okay, am I the only person with this problem? So when you have somebody come on and tell their story and share their struggles, it makes it relatable for the person and it also kind of gives them a little bit of hope. It's like, okay, well, if so-and-so can do it, maybe I can do it too. And that's something that I know specifically growing up I didn't have. I didn't have female mentors that I could go to and say, hey, what, what should I do in this situation? Right. Were you ever in this situation? Like, how did you navigate it and come out on top? And so that was kind of the, the basis behind wanting to start the podcast, especially for a lot of college students that were similar to me, right? Like, you came out of college, I got a whole business degree, and they taught me how to do everything except start a business. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, well, let's create something for this. Let's create women that went out and forged their own paths and created their own businesses, whether they transitioned out of their nine-to-five or whether they took over a business, bought into a franchise, whatever they did let's give them a platform to tell their story and that's that's powerful and that's one of the things that we try to do on the pod to try to be authentic and engaging and not trying to be super professional because there are mistakes and we messed up we talked about even this weekend not even having a tent at a, at, when we go and do, and that's just like basic. You right. live in Arkansas, right. you know. No, I know that put much, that much on it, lady. We, we <laughs> Y'all was like, let's just go sit outside in the sun, right? And, with and nothing, we even have chairs, no hat, no umbrella, no umbrella. No I had nothing. no, I did have umbrella, but I, it's too much work. I didn't want to carry the umbrella. But but the the, the point of that is is that there are mistakes being made, and mm-hmm. we're learning in this process, and we only been at it since April. Um, but to encourage people to say, hey, we, we just started this. There was no blueprint for what we did with this right. podcast. It was just we, we saw a need. We saw 
uh, a potential market and say, hey, let's try to fill that void. And that's exactly what you're doing with all your business, but especially the boss up movement, because there is, I'm seeing it now, a growing collection, a conglomerate, if you will, of, of women in our community who are very involved, whether it's politically, mm -hmm. socially, um, entertainment, entrepreneurial. So to, to harness that energy, you and others who are part of that movement, I'm, I'm supportive of, of it. I know my guy, Three Turn Blake, and Grammy Q know this too. So I want to salute you. Oh, I appreciate that. Uh, on, on, on that part. So we're talking about the spirit of the Boss Up movement and why you thought it was necessary to start that start that here in your hometown. So if you could enlighten us on why was that important to do here in Little Rock. So Boss Up Babe is primarily online, but the reason I wanted to create it um, for the city is because I know that personally there are a lot of people in the city that feel like they are not supported. Um, they feel like when they put something out there, nobody's buying from them, nobody's congratulating them, um, and nobody's paying for their services. And so when people tell me they feel like they're not supported in their community, there's two things that I want to say to them. One, who cares? Who cares? Keep going. Like you, That just means you haven't found your customer yet. You haven't found your clients yet. If you went, went to your family, you went to your friends, and they said no, who cares? Keep going. Like You just haven't found your people yet. And so that's why I wanted to create Boss Up Babe, because I wanted to say, hey, if you have questions about business development, here I am. Like, if you need help on how to put your brand out there and how to attract clients, here I am. Like, I wanted to show people, like, I am going to clap for you, girl. I'm going to show up to mm -hmm. your events, and I'm happy for you, genuinely happy for you. I don't want anything in return. I wanted to show people that we can support each other in this city. Do you think that's a generational thing? Do you think more people in your age demographic are more supportive, or do you think it's just... A mentality thing with some people in Little Rock that just like Little Rock don't support me, so I gotta go somewhere else, or maybe a little bit of both. Yeah, I think it is a little bit of both. Um, that that stigma that there's no support in this city won't change until we change what we're saying. Like when I start saying, "Oh, I had great support in Little Rock. Like I had a lot of mentors and a lot of people support me." Now I'm changing the conversation, right, and so it's perception. not a matter. Yes, it's not a matter of if there is support; it's where it is. Mm -hmm. Where is your circle of support? You just haven't found it yet. You just need to change your circle. You don't need to leave the city to be successful. You just need to move from where you're at and get around different type of people, um, and get around people that can help you and put you in position. That's a word uh, for two reasons. On like a biblical level, you know, mm -hmm. Jesus even said that a prophet is not appreciated in his hometown, but he didn't stop preaching in his hometown. Uh, and then two, from a rock the culture perspective, I didn't even realize, and this is exactly what you're getting at, you're talking about your circle or finding your tribe. I didn't even realize who our tribe was going to be. And I said this a couple times on the pod, that three-term Blake uh, had a greater appreciation of where this pod could go than I did. Because I was not necessarily that people wouldn't be supportive, but I thought it was going to be a limited number of people who would be supportive. I didn't understand. I knew there was a need, but I didn't think everybody was going to appreciate how we were filling that void. And and Blake saw that, and he knew something that I didn't on who would who would appreciate this. So our circle is bigger than what we thought. And for people who've been entrepreneurs, and I think that's what you're saying about the boss of Bay, is that there may be people out there who are with you. You just ain't found them yet. Absolutely. And you may be surprised on who will be with you. Yeah. Um. So from your perspective, I guess you're not only are you changing the conversation about how people in Little Rock be supportive, you're helping other people understand that, hey, you can be successful here. Uh, so let me ask you this question before we get out of here and, and we let you go. Um, 
I'm sure you probably had the opportunities or thought about leaving the city to pursue different opportunities. Why did you make a decision to remain and, and grow the businesses here in Little Rock? Well, a couple of reasons. I travel a lot. And because I'm able to travel a lot and get out of this city, I'm always excited to come back home. Um, and there's a lot of different reasons for that. One being the traffic. Oh, my gosh. Um, but I decided to stay in Little Rock. One, because... Some, my businesses are location independent, so I don't have to necessarily, I don't have a storefront. We're online. Right. You know, so we're global, nationwide, right? So it, it wasn't a question of if I'm going to stay in Little Rock. That, like, that was never a question for okay. me. Okay, okay. That was never. And then, like, for the home health care business, this is a retirement state. You know, there's more elderly people here than there are, you know, young millennials. So this is my target demographic. Like, I need to be here. Right. For that specifically. So, and and I asked that not not knowing what your answer would be, but wanted people to know that there are opportunities here in our city that sometimes we just forsake and say, "Hey, I gotta go to Atlanta, I gotta go to Dallas, I gotta be in Memphis to do anything successful." When there are opportunities here in the city, especially entrepreneur opportunities, where you can just be who you want to be. Yeah, I mean, unless you're trying to go to Hollywood and be an actor. Or, you know, go to New York City and be a model. Because, I mean, let's be honest. Like, there are some professions that are regional, right? right. They're like, the industry is in a specific area. But if you just want to be in business, I mean, come on. Like, you can definitely do that in Little Rock. And if you look around, like, our infrastructure is growing. New businesses are coming here every day. And so when I think about my future and what I can do in Little Rock, like, I'd rather grow with a city and be the first person yeah. to do something in this city than to go to Dallas or to go to Atlanta and be one in a thousand. Like, I would much rather be Great. a big fish in a small pond than a small fish in a big pond that's exactly what uh we talked about this like you all said the yeah. all the time and, decades ago and and it's 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 interesting to hear you to to say this listen to your businesses because every time i talk to high school kids or go to talk to college kids the first thing i say is fill a void mm-hmm. find out what the voids are and just fill them because there are opportunities there and that's that is it's very obvious that that you've been very um intentional on doing that, and it's it's uh it's you're you're impressive. You know, we're glad to have you here. Trying to get more people like you to come back home. So that this is uh this has been very uh inspirational. Oh, you go, you inspired, Blake. I'm inspired, man. Man, you're doing awesome stuff. I knew you were being awesome, but you're doing more than I imagined. How do people find Lydia Page online? How do they get out to you? Reach out to your business? Shop with you? Work with you? Okay, so you can go to my personal website, www.lydiampage.com. Um, you can find me on all social media, lydiampage.com, and that's P-A-G-E, L-Y-D-I-A, the letter M, P-A-G-E. Um, and then, so the businesses are Shop 7th & Co. Um, on Instagram and Facebook, www.7thandco.com, and that's S-E-V-E-N-T-H-A-N-D-C-O.com. Um, LovyoursGives.com. Um, for the subscription box, and then of course, if you are needing um, any home care for your loved ones, 3h.care. 3h.care, I'm gonna get that right. Well, we appreciate you for being on the pod and rocking the culture with us. Obviously, everything you're doing is part of the culture, part of rocking the culture. So, we'll we'll appreciate you. And we're gonna get ready to end this week's episode and get ready for next week's episode. We got our guy, Vincent Hunter, who's gonna come in and talk to us about Project Made, uh, another Southwest Little Rock guy. Uh, about what he's doing for the youth and and not only athletic training but character building. So we're looking forward to that episode next week. And as always, you can find us. What what can they get us at Three Term? On Facebook at Rock the Culture, on IG at Rock the Culture, and on Twitter at Rock the Culture. And I'm your host, Antoine Phillips. You can find me on AG. AG. That's that's AG. Is that new? You announced it? You just announced it? Is that your new app?
I'm working on AG. The AG. The AG. Now, on IG at Antoine Phillips, you can find my man Two Take, Three Turn Blake. Your favorite representative, always repping on IG at RepBlake36. And I'll see y'all this Friday night at Empire. Come kick it with your boys. We're rocking the culture. Y'all know I don't get out the house. Friday night. Yeah. Okay, Friday night at Empire. Okay. There you go. Not, not the Black River Market, though. That was my first. I'm like, the fuck? Where, where is the Black, Black River, River Market? Ash Avenue. <laughs> it, it just don't have a river. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's still mm -hmm. Well, I hope, I hope our culture cohorts are inspired. Again, we appreciate Lydia Page for coming and sharing her, her vision, her businesses, and dropping some knowledge on uh, the entrepreneurial spirit and how you can make a difference in uh, I think Nas had a song. What Nas said, "Be what you want to be." If you work hard at it, you can do what you want to do. You ain't gonna say it. No. I know I can. There you go. There you go. Be what I want to be. Be what I want to be. If I work hard at it. Hey, rock the culture. We'll see y'all next week. Church.